This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. In today's episode, I visit with Ben Colton, global co-head of asset stewardship at State Street Global. We take a deep dive into State Street Global's 2020 asset stewardship report. This is Bart Peterson, and you are listening to Across the Board on the Compliance Podcast Network. Across the Board is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode. And today, I'm extraordinarily pleased to have back with you, Ben Colton. Uh, Ben, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks, Tom. I really uh, appreciate the opportunity to be back. Ben, could you tell us both your current role at State Street Global Advisors and a little bit about your professional background? Yeah, so um, currently I'm the, the global co-head of our asset stewardship team. Uh, I'm, I'm based in the U.S. and I, and I oversee the, both North America and, and APAC region. Um, previously, I was working on the asset owner side, uh, actually in Europe for the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund. Um, so I see I'm um, coming at this from both the, the asset owner side and, and, and also now currently in the asset management side. Um, looking at ESG issues uh, from across the globe. Ben, we've had the recently released 2020 Asset Stewardship Report, and although, frankly, I look forward to the report every year, I've never thought a report, the or this particular report, was more prescient and more important this year. Uh, so could I start with perhaps uh, how has the report developed? Yeah, so you know the report's developed um, really over the course of the year, and it draws on the insights that we gather um, through our engagement in our voting activities. Um, the report is really meant to, 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 to provide transparency, not only to our clients, but also so to, to the companies that we invest in and other stakeholders as well. So it helps us be accountable for um, our actions, and it also helps us um, really highlight what are best practices, um, what are the insights that we've gleaned from, from corporate engagements. Um, also, the, it, we use it as an opportunity to um, outline the trends that we're seeing in the market and our progress uh, against our goals that we've out, uh, outlined. And perhaps I should have said why well, I think this year is so important. Obviously, the last year, uh, most of the country has been struggling through the coronavirus health crisis and attendant pandemic. But we also had uh, major uh, eruptions and changes around the social justice movement, uh, human capital, diversity and inclusion and other issues, uh, one of the most prescient comments I've heard is we had five years of change rammed into the last 12 months. So that's why I think this report is so important that not only it speaks to some of the trends that you guys saw, but hopefully will give us guidance on how to uh, move forward. And that really starts with some of the key takeaways. What were they for you from the 2020 Asset Stewardship Report? Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It really is about um, the coronavirus and how that's accelerated a lot of the trends that we, we've seen that were that were already kind of in play. Um, number one, social issues, as you mentioned as well, have, have risen to the to the absolute top of the agenda of, from boards. Um, you know, first it was you know, driven by the coronavirus, and then as you mentioned, um, the tragic events um, in the U.S., um, specifically uh, in, in, in the summer last year. Um, so, so both of those have really amplified the focus 
um, from board members, from executive management teams and companies, but also really from investors. Um, so we want to understand how companies and boards are thinking about human capital management. How are they thinking about employee health and safety? How are they thinking about supply chain management and resilience or, or keeping their not only their employees safe, but their customers safe as well? Um, you know, how is this uh, how's coronavirus impacted um, executive compensation, for example, um, impacted business strategies? Um, how are companies pivoting their strategy um, to 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 readjust um, to really a, a new environment? Um, how are they thinking about uh, crisis management? Obviously, the, you know the, the coronavirus, uh, the pandemic was was very um, difficult to predict. But you know, what kind of processes in, uh, do they have in place to to think about um, crisis management or um, contingency planning? And lastly, about you know succession planning. Um, what does that look like? How how can they deal with multiple absences? Um, do they have the right expertise on the board? Is, is do the board members have enough time to commit to um, if they're sitting on three or four 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 boards and also a, a named executive officer? Um, maybe they don't have enough time to to um, to sit on all these companies and provide input because you know, we we've heard some companies that are are, are counting the board the board meetings that they had in in two thousand and twenty um, and I've heard examples of of triple digits um, which which is remarkable that's you know you know every every other day um, pretty much board meetings are occurring at some companies so. Um, those are the issues that, that we've talked about a, a lot, but really the highlight is, is showing how coronavirus has changed the engagement landscape and how uh, particularly social issues have risen to the very top of the agenda. You have one of the great phrases uh, that I hope many people are using, and that's stewardship with impact. What does that mean to you and uh, State Street Global? Yeah, I think stewardship with an impact is really about um, prioritization, transparency, and also, you know, using an accountability mechanism. So, so not only the carrot, but also the stick. Um, what I mean by that is, is you know, first, first and foremost, we set our expectations and we're really transparent on, on, on our expectations. Here's what, what our priorities are. Here's what disclosure expectations are. Here's what good looks like. This is what best practices are. Uh, we go in and talk to companies and we use the engagement uh, as one of the tool at our disposal. So we're talking with board members, we're talking with executive management teams on these issues that are important to us as a long-term investor. Um, but, but the impact is also um, about, about accountability. So how are we using our vote in tandem um, with what we're expressing publicly and what we're talking to companies about privately? How do we use our vote to ensure that the board and executive management teams are, are held accountable for um, really executing on, on, on um, these issues that are important to us, whether it's the systemic risks related to um, racial and ethnic diversity or if it's the systemic risks related to climate change. We want companies to, to have, make sure that this is important, um, address it, and be accountable to it. Could you describe a couple of instances of uh, engagement with either company management or the board on these these types of issues? Yeah, I, I think, you know, one, let's use uh, you know, racial and ethnic diversity as an example. Um, in August 2020, we um, outlined why um, disclosure is important to us, why we're looking at this issue. Um, for us, it's all about cognitive diversity. Um, and, 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 and we think that you know, racial and ethnic diversity is our observable characteristics um, of cognitive diversity. And also we saw the headline risks and the reputational risks and, and the other systemic risks associated with um, not addressing, not effectively addressing racial um, and ethnic diversity or, or um, DEI more generally. Um, so, so, 
so so we are laser focused on talking about issues like racial justice with boards um, and asking them to to enhance their disclosure around these issues. Um, so following our guidance in, in, in August of what we're looking for, um, we engage with over 100 companies, understanding the challenges, understanding the um, opportunities, um, and understanding how companies are, are, are managing these and, and, and if they plan on enhancing their disclosure. Um, so, so at the beginning of the year, we, we um, after the, all of these discussions, we um, instated revised voting guidelines where we're actually going to be you know, voting against companies that are laggards relative to our disclosure expectations. Um, an engagement, an example of where engagement is really um, interesting is, is, is we, we engage with a, a utilities company out of California. Uh, and this utility company you know, showed us their employee engagement uh, surveys broken down by, um, by, by race. And they showed the historical trends of, of employee engagement by, um, by these groups. And they showed, you know, they came to us and said, we have, we have an issue here. Um, uh, the, the employee engagement of, or the engagement um, feedback from our black employees has been, been deteriorating consistently over the last five years and has accelerated, um, uh, you know, after the killing, the tragic killings of, of George Floyd. Um, they recognized that they had a problem. They disclosed to investors, you know, this is something that we're focused on. Um, we're we're going to find out the root causes to this, and here's the roadmap to improving our practices. So nobody is where they want to be in addressing this issue. Everybody has has areas that they need to work on, including State Street Global or State Street Corporation that's announced 10 actions for, for improving our practices. Um, but providing that transparency, um, giving a roadmap to investors and showing them how they're going to improve their practices, um, I think is, 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 is meaningful. And it, and it helps um, push, the, push, push the conversation forward and create accountability. And although uh, I think we both agree that 2020 brought a lot of change, it didn't. Uh, it, it were things. It largely was around things that were already being discussed, and of course, one of those was ESG. But ESG now seems to have exploded, and I know State Street Global has talked about this for multiple years. In fact, I've had the chance to talk with you and your representatives about this, but. What do you see around ESG, or, or rather, the corporate response to ESG reporting? Yeah, um, one of the trends that we saw in place, you know, over the last ten years was um, not only ESG reporting more broadly, but also reporting on, on, on for example, climate-related issues. So, shareholder proposals asking companies to disclose, um, you know, more information around um, environmental issues. Um, the disclosure was light, largely aligned with with. Um, disclosure frameworks that we support. So on climate side, it's, it's the task force for financial, for climate related financials disclosure, the TCFD framework um, on more generally, if you think about a, a really commonly accepted framework for ESG reporting, it's, it's SASB, the sustainability accounting standards boards framework. Um, so we encourage companies to disclose against this. Um, as I was mentioning, you know, climate related disclosure over the last 10 years has been um, brought up to, to the forefront, but not only this framework, the TCFD, but also the shareholder proposal process and investors asking companies um, and requesting this information. Um, what you saw over the, over the course of the last 10 years was this, you know, it's almost become table stakes, climate-related disclosure, uh, disclosure aligned with SASB, for example. Um, but now we're seeing that additional disclosure is needed about the governance of environmental issues. So the G of E, and we're seeing that that manifests itself through the shareholder proposal process, through through investors' expectations. 
Um, the coronavirus has excelled, or I, I think not only the coronavirus, but also, you know, the, these conversations and really a fruitful engagement culture more generally has, has accelerated these conversations. And when you look at the evolution of social disclosure, disclosure related to social issues or human capital management more generally, um, this evolution is going to take, I think, you know, 12 to 18 months. So you're just going to see a revolution in the quality and the quantity of, of disclosures related to human capital management very quickly. And you're going to see it through the shareholder proposal process manifest itself first asking for, you know, baseline disclosure, which we're already seeing, but also, you know, the governance of social issues. So how does the board have oversight of social issues? Is it in the company charter? Which committees? How often are they meeting on it? Is it on the board agenda and where? Um, you're going to see that happen very, very quickly. Um, and I think that, that, more generally, you're going to start seeing co- investors and frameworks coalesced around um, a common set of, 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 of you know, disclosure expectations. Uh, we have talked about human capital. We've talked about diversity and inclusion, and you've talked about board succession. But I wanted to ask you about board refreshment and how does that tie to greater diversity and inclusion at the board level? Yeah, you know, board refreshment has, has been a priority for us for, 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 for many years, and we talked about companies you know, what do you have the right skill set um, as a business evolves? Do you have the right skills in the board? Um, most importantly, we want strong, independent and effective boards that are having conversations. Um, they're, they're thinking about sustainability in the context of their long term strategy. Um, you know, and, 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 and the needs for companies are constantly changing, whether they need, um, you know, more climate-related expertise, or they need um, somebody that is a deal maker, or a connector, or a um, more regulatory experience. So, so we're not prescriptive on telling companies, um, you know, what kind of expertise they need, but we, we but we do engage to understand, um, you know, what what role boards play, or what what role directors or expertise that that the directors have. Um, so, so one of the things that's important, obviously, is, is diversity and cognitive diversity is really what we're after. And there's, there's many, many different dimensions. Um, board refreshment plays a role in diversity because um, there needs to be a healthy process, um, a healthy nomination process, um, one that's unbiased, one that's, you know, tapping into a broad, diverse um, uh, network of, of qualified individuals. Um, so companies need to, to – I don't think it's, it's about an access or a pipeline issue when you think about putting a, a female director on the board or um, a racially or ethnically diverse director on the board. Um, I think it's an, an access issue in thinking about these, this refreshment process and, and the nomination process as well. Um, so when, when I don't see a, a female director on the board or if I only see you know, all white males – um, there's something wrong with the nomination process. There's, they're, they're, they're not, there is a flawed nomination process. Um, companies might not be as innovative. Um, there might be group things, very, you know, a lot of academic evidence points to this. Um, so I would question the nomination process if I'm seeing a board with all white males. Yeah, if I could now turn to the uh, most I'll, recent CEO sorry, letter, goals that uh, laid out in that letter. And I wanted to ask, why is... Uh, it's so important to State Street Global Advisors that you publicly announce these. And how does that, uh, I think, really help lend itself to leading in transparency? Yeah, um, we're really crystal clear on what our priorities are this year. And, 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 and really, tone starts at the top. Um, we are focused on the systemic risks related to human capital management and climate change. And, and 
um, our organization, is, as well as my team, are going to be laser, laser focused on these issues. If you think about the, the pandemic and how it showed how systemic risks um, can have a material impact on companies, um, it, it, it really was clear. Um, but then you think about that was that was you know that was uh, an unpredictable or relatively unpredictable um, crisis that affected all companies and, and, and highlighted the systemic risks. But the impacts of climate change, for example, or the impacts of human capital management, the systemic risks associated with them, rather, um, those are predictable. Those are real, and, and those are something that investors are asking about. Uh, so we're going to continue to push the dialogue forward, and we're going to be um, really focused on this in, in, in their engagement program. Um, expect, uh, you know, enhanced disclosure expectations on both fronts um, in, in the coming 12 months. They also expect us to outline best practices um, and also enhance our accountability mechanism, which is our, our voting guidelines. And as long-term investors, why does SSGA take such a broad view of sustainability as it relates to better business outcomes? Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, it, it, it starts with value. This isn't about our values or pushing our values onto companies. This is about this is a question about what is going to maximize a company's um, ability to to generate long term sustainable returns, whether it's cognitive diversity, which I pointed to um, the beginning, which is driving our push for for greater gender diversity and racial and ethnic diversity as well. Um, Or if it's if it's about climate change uh, um, and and really the overwhelming evidence showing that um, there are risks for stranded assets for um, companies that, that aren't uh, adopting to, you know, uh, a transition to a low carbon economy, um, you know, an insurance company underwriting waterfront property in Palm Beach, for example. Um, I, we want to understand these risks and we want to understand, um, you know, why, how companies are, are, are managing them because ultimately all of these issues that we're talking to with bullets are going to affect um you know, are going to affect value. We, 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 we fundamentally think that this is our responsibility as a fiduciary um, to, 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 to hold companies accountable for, for integrating ESG into their long-term strategy. And if I could turn to that veiled land of the future now and ask you, uh, what do you think boards and senior management need to be thinking about uh, down the road into 2025 or even beyond around ESG Diversity and inclusion and sustainability. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's a really good question. I think it's about um, how these, the, you know, how the board has oversight of these issues. How how ESG is going to increasingly affect capital allocation decisions. Um, when when you think about the drivers of a company's value, um, human capital management or intangible assets have become such a huge driver. A majority of of uh, you know, the, 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 the driver evaluation in, in companies in the S&P 500 were 30 years ago. It was all about, you know, tangible assets, property, plant, and equipment. So increasingly are we seeing the company's most valuable asset are their people, this human capital. Um, so how companies are thinking about their employees, um, their stakeholders, um, you know, we see a, a new generation of, 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 um, millennials or, or, or investors and consumers that um, you know have have changing preferences as well, and we also see climate change going to create an incredible set of opportunities, but also expose company to to, to so many risks. Um, so, so I think that boards um, need to be really uh, focused on this and, and and also understand that you know 
this is the future. And, and, if, and if you're not um, integrating ESG, then, then you're going to be less than dust and you're going to expose your investors to, 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 to outdo risk. And unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I was wondering if our listeners wanted any additional information on the 2020 Asset Stewardship Report or uh, this year's CEO letter. Where can they go to find it? They can go to our website. Um, everything's publicly available on, on SSGA um, Asset Stewardship website. So we, we have a lot of information there. We have our voting guidelines there. Uh, we have our thought leadership pieces there. Um, so I encourage folks to go there. Well, Ben, we're going to link, of course, all, to all of those uh, assets and resources in the show notes. I wanted to thank you again for taking the time to come on the pod and uh, visit with me. As I said, I was really looking forward to this report, and I was really looking forward to visiting with you about it. I think uh, the acceleration of many of these trends is extraordinarily uh, important, and I hope people start listening to the message you and your colleagues at SSGA have been saying for some time. So I look forward to continuing the conversation. Tom, I really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on board. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Across the Board. We're going to link to the State Street Global 2020 Asset Stewardship Report in our show notes. Uh, I would suggest you check it out. It's chock full of great information, and it will help every compliance practitioner to think through the issues of ESG, sustainability, and diversity and inclusion. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope you'll join us in our next episode in Across the Board, where we continue to explore issues related to boards of directors, compliance, risk management, and now ESG and sustainability. Across the Board is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.